Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to episode 233 of Slam Fire Radio for November 24th, 2017. I am one of your hosts, Trevor the Frelate. And I am Adriel the Frosty. And I'm Kelly. I'm Brian the Conquistador. You're not classy tonight, Kelly? No. She's not feeling classy tonight. No, she's a little little angry, guys. Just chill. (laughs) Leave her be. I ain't classy no more. (laughs) Uh, Do you really want me to tell you what I am? No, nope. no, we're good. <laughs> no, nope. instead good. we're going to jump into what we did this week in guns, which is brought to us by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearms retailer. Calgary Shooting Center is taking pre-orders on the Maccabee SLR. What's the SLR? Listen and find out. It's the most newest and greatest and most exciting thing that happened to Canadian firearms in decades. Find out at the uh, Calgary Shooting Center. That was clunky. The SLR will be available to shoot this Saturday during SIG days, and the money raised is going to Pheasants Forever, which must be a charity for homeless pheasants. <laughs> I would think. You give them a home. You give them a home. Yeah, I give them a home. A warm, right, a warm home. Yeah. A warm <laughs> home in my oven. All right. Uh, let's get into it then. Um, I'll go first. I'm at the top of the list. And yeah. So, uh, Project Lipstick on a Pig. So, Adriel and I are working on our Narenko NP-29s. These are the 9mm 1911s that Narenko makes. Um, Adriel bought his first, then I bought mine. Adriel transferred his to me and mailed it to me. It arrived today. Uh, big difference. Uh, well, big difference. Noticeable difference between his and mine. Um, mine locks up solid every shot. The That's first the time I t- It's a single huh? shot. It's a yeah. single shot. That's a feature. It's a feature, all right. First time I took it to the range, well, the first thing I did, I got out of the box, and I polished all the um, contact surfaces, and I did, didn't, you know, I didn't go to work on them with a Dremel or a grinder or a file. Like, I, I just polished them with 600, then four, or 400 grit, then 600 grit, then 1500 grit, just to try and actually clean up the tool marks, um, but the gun rattles the way that people claim old 1911s rattle, which they actually don't. But the, the slide fit to frame is horrific. But that, I don't think, is what's causing the problem. I get it out to the range first time. Six shots. Shot number seven. The slide unlocks. Starts to open up. It extracts the, cham- the cartridge from the chamber about halfway and stops. And the gun is locked up so solid that I need to beat the back of the slide with a dowel to get it to go back into battery. I do that, and all of a sudden... The gun cycles manually perfectly like there's nothing wrong. I disassemble it. I find no broken parts. Huh. Piece of debris. I don't know. I take it back to the range. Try again. First four shots, it uh, had a malfunction every time. Failure to feed, failure to eject, stovepipe, whatever. And then I got a couple of shots off, and then it locked up again. And after that, it locked up on every single shot. 
Adriel's gun arrived. Did you rule out the uh, slide stop? I did. Mm -hmm. No, I did not. I did not rule out the slide stop. I ruled out the magazine. Mm -hmm. I got the gun home, disassembled it, still nothing broken. I compared all the 1911s in my house to see what I did was I removed the slide, I removed the barrel, I placed the barrel in the frame, held it in with the slide stop, and just check the tolerances and see how much wiggle there is there. They all wiggle about the same. My 9 millimeter Norinco 1911 wiggles a little bit more than the rest, but I don't know. So I compared the the barrel link on my Norinco 45 to this one, my 9 millimeter Norinco, and it's different. And then your 9 millimeter Norinco arrives, and the barrel link on your barrel is the same as the barrel link on my Norinco 45. It appears that someone has changed the barrel link in this gun in an effort to perhaps accurize it, and I'm thinking that it's uh, the spec is wrong, the tolerance is wrong, and that's where it's locking up because it's acting like a broken barrel link or a broken slide stop, but nothing is breaking. The gun is just locking up hard. So this is a this is a second hand gun that you got too, right? It is. So it looks okay. like that was changed. Um, I mean, the the guy had like 450. Trader rating, all 100% positive. So what are you going to do? Tomorrow, uh, I have some parts coming. I have uh, actually a barrel link, a new guide rod, a new spring um, plunger. But I'm going to take your barrel and install it in my gun and go to the range and see what happens. Cause I'm, And if it locks up again, I'm going to install the slide stop out of my STI 9mm Trojan 1911. And or see mine. What or yours, yeah. Just keep replacing parts until you find the one that fails and then Ex- buy another one of them. Exactly. Exactly. And until then, the spending freeze is on because I'm not going to cut this slide. I'm not going to buy $100 grips. I'm not going to, you know, until this problem is done. But no matter, all the parts that I've bought so far are not parts that need to be specially fit to the gun. So if I decide to throw this one in the trash and buy another one or maybe step it up and buy a 10 Foglio Witness 1911, I can just take all those fancy gold fast parts and put them on that gun. So yeah, the tank folio would be would be a moderate step up from the Ranco, just a touch. Just a touch, yeah. But yeah. you know what, Brian? You'd be surprised for the price point. That gun is a little disappointing. Okay. I, I had one here last year that was a prize for SummerSlam, and I opened it up. I'm like, this is a thousand bucks. This is a six hundred dollar gun. It doesn't. It doesn't compare to the well. Now the Trojan. The Trojan's gone absolutely ridiculous. They're two thousand four hundred dollars now because of the dollar. Thank you very much, Trudeau, for ruining my country. Um, yeah, noticeable. But they, you know, they're ready to be upgraded. They've got the right dovetail in the front for the sight, and so um, yeah. Uh, so I went shooting a couple of times. I went shooting last Saturday with my cousin, who is an absolute gun nut. Um, a new, newly converted gun nut and Snuffleupagus, of course. And then I went shooting or on that. So he come over, my cousin come over and he's like, I want to try this. I want to try this. And I want to try this. And I want to try everything. So we packed up a bunch of my stuff, went to the range and, um, we had my Beretta there and I was like, Oh my God. Like Matt Lorette gave me a spring kit for the Beretta. Cause he used to shoot a Beretta in Ipsic. I don't know why. Um, well, you know what? Ben Stagger shot a Beretta apparently in competition for years, and he he did okay. So capable gun. I don't he hate it. He doesn't shoot it anymore. No, he's <laughs> not. He's not the 10 Foglios. But um, I used to hate a Beretta until I got one. 
and now I don't hate it anymore. Would I compete with it? No. Would I carry it if I was allowed? Yes. Uh, but shooting it's that so, double axe, they're so heavy. Like if you're going to carry heavy. a gun, you'd you'd do they're like no, a palm or like a Glock or something like well, that. Well, sure. You know, um, Nancy, what color are your fingernails? Like man up. <laughs> it's it's got an aluminum frame. What's the matter? I'm picky about the keys I put on my key ring, so <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't carry a full steel gun if I had to carry. They call you Frosty because you're a snowflake. <laughs> uh, no. Anyway, yeah, it, it's like putting a brick in your shorts. There's, there's no question, Adriel. Um, it wouldn't be my first choice, but I wouldn't worry about it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but anyway, I had some wolf springs that Lorette gave me, so I dropped them in um, with the help of Tom Nelson. The Beretta is not as complicated that as people try and make it out to be, it's fairly intuitive to disassemble and reassemble. I've certainly worked on more complicated <laughs> FN guns. So, uh, yeah. Um, what else? That's it. I just went shooting again yesterday with Mark and Snuffy. It was funny. I was holding the gun and Mark threw with beating the back of it with a block of firewood. It's hilarious. <laughs> Well, at least it's not like a, a nice gun where you're beating the heck out of it. Oh, exactly. You don't mind but, so much with a Norinko. No, exactly. So, But we got more parts coming for both of these. We've got some barrel bushings coming, some links coming. Um, I, I dropped all my STI parts in, so shout out to uh, Mr. Casey. He sent me STI safeties, um, grip safety, the beaver tail, hammer, sear, disconnector, and the take down a slide stop but the slide stops a 45 it doesn't work in this one um at all so um that's twice now that steven has outfitted one of my norinkos with sti parts i buy norinkos and put in sti parts he buys stis and puts in svi parts we live in different worlds him and i so that's it for me brian why don't you go next i should let you go first brian i'm sorry i'm a horrible host I agree. Uh, did you not get any mail? Did, did you not oh, get Brian, any mail thank today? You. Thank yeah. you, Brian. Thank, thank you, you yeah. so much. And I got it, Brian. I've got it sitting all. Uh, I was sitting in front of me right here. So, um, <laughs> which is last... naturally why you didn't think to talk about it because it's right. <laughs> yeah, it's right under my nose. Squirrel. I didn't see this shiny stuff. Uh, I don't know if I'm gonna mention. Should I mention his name? I don't know if he wants. Uh, to. maybe not. Yeah, yeah. I'm, gonna leave, I'm gonna leave his name out of it for now. But uh, we had a listener who emailed the show. After Filthy was on, and he was that listener that was yelling at his, well, apparently he yells at his radio often while listening to us because of the glaring mistakes that we made, so good for him. Uh, he took the time to email us just to talk about the, the show that Filthy was on to say, you know, Filthy didn't do that bad of a job. Um, but anyway, he was like, oh, Trevor, you need a Savage bayonet for your number four Mark One that's made by Savage? I got one. Consider it on its way. What's your address? So I'm like, no way. Are you kidding me? I didn't think I'd ever get one of these, right? I thought, you know, when I start going to gun shows, I'm going to have to check every bayonet looking for that S. So this gentleman put this in the mail for me, and it arrived today, same time as Adriel's Norinko. Not only did he put a bayonet in the mail for me, I got the best gift package that any listener has ever sent me or maybe any of the hosts on the show um, our listeners are amazing and they send us gifts from time to time as a way of thanking us for doing this, I, I guess. Sure. Okay. Whatever your motivation is, don't stop. Uh, we are certainly grateful. So in this box was a letter 
more like an inventory because the box is chock full. And the little note here says, Greetings from the frozen wastelands of northern Alberta. In this box, O loot, ye shall find... One, Savage Marked, and number four, Bayonet. I know how to spell Bayonet now. Thank you, Stacy. One, Canadian Sea Broad Arrow Marked, number four, Action Receiver Cover. This thing is so cool. I think it even has Nazi blood on it. Like, it's it's amazing. It's 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 got the Sea Broad stamp on it, and it is also stamped 1943. It's like this original piece of military kit. From the 40s, I've only ever seen these in pictures over Enfield receivers. It's amazing. One, olive drab army number four sling. So now I have the appropriate sling for my number four Mark One. Right now it's got an old leather sling on there that I knew wasn't original, but still looked cool. One, blue RCAF number four sling. In case I want to deck one out for what the Navy boys carried. Um... One nineteen forty one detached number four ammo pouch. This thing is wicked. It goes on your belt and hooks to your um, well, what they would have had considered chest rig back then. And it each it's it's got two pouches, and each pouch will hold two clips of ammunition, so twenty rounds in total. Pretty awesome. Uh, and oh, and it's full of clips as well. Really, really cool. Four Enfield Charger Clips. Yeah, just said that. One Mosin Nagant slash SVT-40 ammunition pouch. We all know I want an SVT-40 to go with my Russian Milserp collection. That is uh, slowly growing, so now I've got some accessories for that. Six Mosin slash SVT-40 charging clips. One uh, Romanian VZ-24 Mauser ammo pouch. That thing is really cool. Six K98 slash VZ24, etc. Mauser charger clips. One Russian SKS ammunition pouch. One set of SKS tools slash charger clips. One Soviet combo oil solvent bottle and pouch issued with all Soviet firearms. One custom made vertical rifle holder for standard slot wall. It actually fits in my gun room on the slot wall that I have. It's so cool. Uh, and then a little uh, a little warning. At the bottom, he says, beware. Milserps are very addictive. Collect with caution. The only known cure for milserpatitis, as it has been diagnosed, is an empty bank account. This is the coolest package I've ever received from a listener. It's so much cool Milserp swag. Original stuff, not reproduction stuff. Um, thank you so much. Oh, one other thing that wasn't on the inventory is a really cool button. We all know how I feel about communists, right? Better dead than red. And it's got a hammer and sickle in the background. It's one of those buttons I used to wear back in the 80s. It's so cool. So thank you very much, sir. You know who you are. You're the best. And he made himself available to answer mail server questions in the future. If need be, we email him. Instead of people emailing us, now a show emails a listener. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you for reminding me, Brian. That would have been really bad form to have forgotten mm. to mention that. Okay. Okay. Trevor, you and I have been friends for four or five years now. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've stayed at your house. Yeah. And, and you stayed house. at Yeah. Yeah. We've yeah. spent time together. I know kids. what I, yeah, I know what kind of horrible human being you are. I yes. cannot understand why people send stuff like this to you. Cause it's they not. don't know me like you do. Oh, they know show Trevor, you know, like, look at him. He's passed out again, and he Dang doesn't it. have his pants on. But, but <laughs> that's the Trevor you know. 
Uh, okay. Well, better, it's better that the listeners don't know you the way I know you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and if, but in fairness, I like the listeners more than I like you. Uh, to be, I, I, yeah, I can see that. No, that 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 was a really cool uh, package. And you know, to be honest, you did mention about the Savage bayonet, and I do have a bayonet for a an Estmark bayonet, but I also have a, a Savage number four. So I said, you know what? Some listener is going to send a bayonet to Trevor. I don't need to send Trevor my bayonet. It worked out. You got a Savage Mark four? Yeah. No way. Oh yeah. That's cool, dude. Eh, it's okay. Well, thank it's you for be, considering. Uh, Surf buddies now. Uh, hey now, <laughs> slow your roll. Too far. Shot. Too far. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Hey, we're friends, but like, yeah, we're not in some kind of relationship here. No, forget that. Yeah. It's All s- right. Strong words. Yeah. Snowflake Ooh, words. Awkward. Awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Awkward. Okay. All right. Um. So I think I was gonna go next. Yes. All right. So, um, piece of advice for the listeners: if you're going to build rifles or put together rifles and firearms do one at a time don't work on two or three at a time because you will make yourself crazy and you'll spend way too much money way too fast um so i i did this maple seed thing a few weeks ago a month ago now kelly six weeks maybe sure okay um and so i finally got to shoot a 1022 in one of these events and then i decided gee maybe i should have a 1022 so i bought a 1022 <laughs> I sold my MP15, bought a 1022. Good man. Um, you sold it? Yeah. Well, how much? How much have? How much trouble have you given me because of that 1522? Oh, because he was wanting. Uh, I gave up. Why can't I, I take up, it to why? the seat? Why'd you I give up? Gave, Why'd I you gave up, up because I can't take it to the cottage with my kids because it's restricted. Yeah. So, um, and you won't let me shoot it at Maple Seed. So no, so. I would let you shoot it, but. No, nope. never mind. Nope. And no, 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 I no, no, never. No. And every time that you said anything, I wouldn't bite. So, I think you just gave up. Uh, yeah, I I decided to stop fighting that fight. So anyway, I, I bought a ten twenty two. So, and well, everyone knows that a ten twenty two you can't just shoot it stock. You have to change it. You have to modify it. So today I stopped at um, my sponsor Elwood Apps and picked Man, up. What? You're Elwood Yeah, well. <laughs> You guys keep talking like about I'm bragging about experimental targets every two minutes. Awesome yeah. ammo, by the way. Oh, <laughs> I, I understand. I know. And I really wish that LWDFs would carry their components. I've been trying to get them to do that. So, um, and more on that in a bit. Um, so then I picked up a Blackhawk Axiom stock because Epps had it for like 50 bucks less than I could find it anywhere else on the internet, which was awesome. So this gives me a folding or a collapsing buttstock so I can adjust it to fit with for my kids or me. Um, and I've thrown a scope on it. And now I'm going to see about a cheek riser because we all know about cheek weld, Kelly. Um, so I now have a rifle for the kids. Yeah, for the kids. That's it. That's yep. what I'm calling it. That's how I justify it. Mm-hmm. So so we shall see. So we'll have some fun with that because, um, frankly, I had been using the uh, Mossberg 715T and it's such a turd that yeah it's just awful to use with the kids so I've upgraded their rifle that was I I, I did it for them it, it's, it's important it's important to do won't someone think of the children Brian Brian's thinking of the children that's right my wife certainly didn't think that they should have a better rifle no no she just leave selfish that all yeah kind well, of well the reality you sold one so you bought one you just gotta yes. replace the one you sold so that's fine well, it was, yeah, something, yeah, that's how that worked. Um, yeah. And then I sold 
I sold another rifle too. Um, and uh, so that has left me with some money. Um, remember how I said you shouldn't build more than one rifle at a time? Uh-huh. Um, I finished the 1022 today, but technically I started on a third rifle last night because I bought a Geisley trigger. Because um, <laughs> there's certain receivers that don't take drop-in trigger packs. So really you got to go with you know, a conventional style trigger like a guy's Lee, if you want to have a match trigger for a certain kind of receivers. So did you get the one that was on the black Friday sale with arms East? No, I got the one that uh listener Wesley said, Hey, I want to upgrade. Can you, can I sell you this for cheap? I saw oh, that. Oh, 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 go back, yeah. go back. He wanted to upgrade and he wanted to sell it to you for cheap. So define cheap. I, are you are you willing wait, to disclose? I don't, I don't kiss and tell. No, don't <laughs> yes, know. you do. Come on. Yeah, you <laughs> totally do. <laughs> no, totally no. That's Wesley, I'm going to contact you. I want to know how much you spent. All right. No, go no, on. No, anyway, no, no. Corinne would tell me because we're tight like that. Uh, hey, oh, wow, that's that's personal. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I'd rather ask him about his health than what he spent on stuff. That's no, that's not cool. Anyway, so. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so so that kind of got rolling on, on some stuff, and and I've been talking to um my you know my local gun shop about stuff that I want them to start carrying so that I can buy from them and that kind of stuff. So um, that uh, you know mm-hmm. certain types of <clears throat> non-restricted receivers, that kind of thing. Mm. So we're we're gonna see how that works. Um, and but then I've also been building an AR-15 upper. Um, I've got my match rifle with my 20 inch heavy barrel, um, and, and all that cool stuff, but I've been, uh, following, um, in range TV, uh, a lot over the last year with their, uh, ultralight builds that they've been doing. So I've kind of followed in their vein and built myself a 14 and a half inch, um, lightweight upper because I don't want to be blasting away at, close range targets, that kind of thing through my match barrel. I want to save that for, for other stuff. So, um, this has been a fun build putting together, you know, lightweight parts as, as lightweight as I can afford. Um, you can get really stupid with spending $400 American on carbon fiber handguards and that kind of stuff, but I'm, I'm not in that snack bracket. So, um, but this has worked out good with my, I've got the, Oh, the name of the barrel is escaping me, but it's the it's a pencil barrel, fourteen and a half inches long, nitrided, um, lightweight Fortis handguard, and I've just and then a my Rainer Arms upper with no forward assist because forward assists are were never a good idea. Eugene Stoner didn't think they were a good idea; just the army put them in. So heck with that. Um, and this is now sitting on my lower with my trigger chuck trigger and. It's pretty That's close not to broke done. Yet? Uh not this one. Give it time. Uh yeah, I've replaced it once. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it yeah, did a recall. Yeah, this was not to do with the recall. This no, that was, was for seven hundreds. I know. Wait. It was yeah. both, wasn't it? It was both. Um this one actually quit on me the week before nationals. So they were good enough to send me a new one in a couple of days. So oh. we shall see. Um I yeah, never mind. I don't know if I talked about it or not on my show or whatever. Anyway, so so that's happening. So the only other thing I've ordered is a lighter weight, like an MFT uh, buttstock, because that's about the lightest weight you can get for uh, collapsing buttstocks. Um, and I put on an Aero Precision Ultralight scope mount too. So 
Um, it's it's a game of shaving ounces here and there. Everywhere you can save an ounce, you save an ounce, and it ends up being um, pretty lightweight. So right now, this is this gun. When I'm finished with the stock with with an optic on it, it will be just under seven pounds. So it's nice and light and handy. And compared to my like ten pound match rifle, oh, it's so handy and fun to play with. It's partially your fault, Trevor, because you have uh, a really lightweight air. One of your – is it your – It's my STI you keep saying you want if I die. No, it was a different one. It was that you had that's um, kind of a mid, mid-brand mid that you have. You have stag? some air. might have been your stag. I just sold that tonight. Oh, there you go. Very lightweight. It's kind of M4-ish is what it is. It's yes. got the government profile barrel and the gas block front sight and – it's yeah. very M force, but it's done up with all Magpul MOE furniture, which is all lightweight stuff. Yeah. Yep. And now yep. it's gone. There you go. You they come in and out they go. You gotta what? you gotta generate money for other projects, right? Ding ding ding. Yeah. Because yeah, I need sold to put an air. Different... I sold an air to pay for my own SLR when they come to the market. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Um I think that's that's kind of what I did with my uh my Troy pump, I sold that the other day, so that money will probably go to to that uh, receiver when they become available. Of course, I've spent a bunch of that money on the guy's lease, so now I'm. So why did you dump the PAR? You you had bought it to hunt with, and you were hunting. I I kind of yeah, not hunting. Um, I was finding hunting a hard way to justify the use of my time when I'm still having to deal with work emails and not being able to help with the family and freezing at the same time. It's one thing if I'm away at a match having fun, sit, sitting in a in a field waiting for a deer that doesn't show up, eh, it kind of got old on me. So I'm going to take take a break from hunting for a few years and and we'll we'll see. I mean, I can in, in Ontario hunt with uh, 5.56 for deer if I want to. So, you know, if I do get a non-restricted receiver, I can build up a rifle to do it with 5.56 if I want. So... Mm. Or something else. So six we'll five see how Grandel. Six point yeah. five Grandel looks good. Yeah, I I like that. I've heard so many challenges about getting them to feed function. Yeah, feed mm. and function. So I'd actually I would, I would talk to uh, Kowalski about that because he's yeah. built one. Um I think it's running. I'm not sure. I'm, there's I'm there's an issue ask. with magazines. Um yeah, and like you say, bolts. So yeah. I mean if it's if I do get do a Grendel upper for hunting how many rounds am i ever going to really shoot out of it not a lot so you know it's it's probably going to be fine um but yeah we'll see time will tell i'm going to take uh take a few years off from deer hunting for you know just just kind of rest my head and deal with some other stuff just life is too busy right now to to do to do that kind of thing so for me um I think that's about it uh other than I'm getting ready for a CQB match on Saturday um I shot a match earlier this uh, yeah earlier this month or late last month uh first match I shot all year and didn't really do any dry fire practice um so my pistol went poorly I've been working on that I also decided like the night before the match that I was going to ditch the tack vest and just run with uh, my battle belt didn't do any practice for mag changes or anything like that from the battle belt so that worked poorly you shouldn't make a fundamental change like that the night before an event without doing some practice so how much um, mental training have you and I done yeah I know eh like okay. 
I know. I just went, eh, this will be fine. Got to the, got there. I'm like, huh, this is not as fine as it could be. I'm, 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 I'm reloading. Like I've got flippers for hands. This is not, this is not, <laughs> this is not as fine as it could be. That might be the quote of the episode. Yeah. No, but it's, it, it was kind of one of those things where you went, yeah, this is, this is a reaffirmation of practice helps. Practice mm. is worthwhile, so yes. it's it's a good test of those things. So, um, also a, a ten pound rifle with a four to sixteen scope uh, at a at a thirty five to ten yard um, course fire, probably not really optimal. You know, mm. it's it's a little bit it's a lot of gun for that <laughs> that shooting. So that yeah, I knew that wasn't going to work out well, and I proved it. So uh, that's fine. So that's, many struggles. Eh, it's one of those things. Yeah, it, it's fun. Do. It's fun to learn lessons, right? It's life is a journey of discovery. I like to learn from other people's discoveries. It's it's the best way. Mm-hmm. It costs less and requires less medical attention. And sometimes it's funny. It's it well, especially if they tape it and and yeah, you can laugh at them on YouTube and that kind of stuff. If the types of stuff we do for fun can still be posted on YouTube, I don't know. Things have been weird. Well, we've um, caught but- we've caught some <laughs> flack in the past. Uh, well, there has been, yeah, well, you have, but, uh, well, there was, there was a video posted by Calgary Shooting Center this week that got pulled by YouTube. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Do tell. Uh, it was about the, the new, they were, they were demoing the new receivers and that got pulled off of YouTube. Wow. YouTube can just eat the biggest bag of ever. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So, yeah. <laughs> Adriel doesn't Wait have it. to. Adriel doesn't have to bleep that. That's good. Dicks. He doesn't have to bleep dicks. <laughs> okay, now he does. <laughs> Should just let okay, it go. I didn't know we couldn't say dicks. I'm sorry. I okay. just nobody told you me. You know what? It's okay. Okay. Because we had I'm Dick Bone on. Yeah. Hey, it's all about Dick Bone. All right. I mean, I'm a bastard. That is what I am. Okay. I embrace the term. <laughs> all right. My I female think I said dog. That is a bitch. I. These are scientific <laughs> oh, words. Oh, All right, let's yeah. keep going. Are you hey, how you doing, Adriel? Are you okay? <laughs> if you lost the, your the mind. An airplane that was the the most popular was which one again? Uh, I don't know. Kelly was talking. What did you say? <laughs> Jefferson airplane. What? Never mind. Just leave All me right. alone. Yeah, I think that's it. I um, I'm sure there will be some stuff that will come to me later, but that's okay. All right. Well, you'll be gone then, so it won't matter. Adriel, what did you do? And I'm back. <laughs> it was gone. I'm back. Adriel, what did you do? Uh, let's see here. I ordered some more stuff from Brownells. This seems to be like a monthly occurrence now. I put in my <laughs> monthly order with Brownells. Uh, I got 1911 barrel bushings. Uh, two of those, one for Trevor's gun, one for mine. So uh, mine was getting a little bit loose just from firing. I think it's just a, a loose fit bushing. So I popped a... Uh, Pop that into the order. Uh, I got a stainless slide stop. So uh, uh, I didn't really like my slide stop. So, you know, get another one. Adriel, quick question. Do, yeah. do you, does this show have affiliate links for Brownells? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Never plug it. We never <laughs> Did you use it, Adriel? No, we haven't. Been uh, probably, your own. <laughs> probably not. Probably <laughs> not. Hey, hey, did you go over to Modern Rifleman Radio and go through there to go to Brownells to support? I'm thinking he didn't. No, no. <laughs> thanks Maybe for next time. thanks for nothing. Literally, like thanks for nothing. <laughs> you did you did nothing, and I'm thanking you for it. All right. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
I'll try to remember for next time, and I'll probably you should you should probably use your own affiliate link. I can never remember that we have one, so Mm. I I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Let's see here. Yeah, stainless slide stop. So uh, the other slide stop was extended, and that was stupid, so I chopped it for now. But I want to get a different one, so that one's on the way. A couple more mags, uh, some barrel link pins, and a barrel link kit. So uh, that barrel link has a whole bunch of different links to it. Um, I don't think mine needs it, but it sounds like Trevor's will. So I'm glad I uh, popped that in the order because we'll uh, resolve some issues there. Uh, just last night, I set up my belt for the uh, Glock 34. Um, so I popped on the holster, popped on my mag pouches, and that should be good to go. Um, went to my three-gun AGM right after uh, our, our show last week. Uh, I met uh, Amanda there. She was uh, she's an X metal sh- target shooter out of uh, Alberta here. She is. Did you know that she was also in the calendar as well? I, I did. did. That just showed up uh, on Facebook. What, like two days ago? Yesterday? Yeah, it's an awesome Rogue. picture, eh? That's not the one yeah. that's in the calendar. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So she. It sounds like she's going to be shooting Ipsic, but also getting into three guns. So that's kind of cool. Is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That EGM was good. We just kind of like recapped the year and talked about what kind of targetry we're going to get for next year and uh, what kind of other stuff we're going to do. So yeah, it was very interesting. Speaking um, of targets, yeah. Did, did I mention that we ordered a complete set of Steel Challenge targets from X Metal for my club? Yes, no. you did. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've heard of that. That's really well, cool. I don't good know job. if I did it on the show or not. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll be able to hold official steel challenge using the proper size targets um, and all six stages. And, all six, uh, like uh, at the same time. Yes. What's the ballpark for to like fully outfit a range for all six uh, of those stages? Eight thousand. Eight thousand. Okay. Yeah, that's that's about what I thought it was going to be. That's a lot of steel, but th- that probably comes with the stands too, right? You're not just using like four by four posts or something lame. Totally using the posts. The uh, posts, when you get the proper setup, you have the post goes in the base, and then you get a block that goes on top of the post, and your steel plate hangs on that. Mm-hmm. Um, the best place to see what I'm talking about right now, until X Metal gets their marketing materials um, set up on their website, is uh, MGM. MGM will. Uh, has a, a similar design mm-hmm. to what I'm describing. Uh, the reason I feel, Adriel, and, and I may be wrong, I mean, I, I help operate the range and I pick stuff up and put it away and store it. And we have a set now that is welded to a pipe, which is welded to a base. Mm-hmm. And they take up a lot of real estate. If you can disassemble the stand and the cap and the plate, you're taking up a lot less real estate in your storage buildings or trailers. And the two by fours can be cut to the proper height. They get shot up, whatever. It's a two by four. Mm-hmm. If a steel pipe gets broken and and a plate gets knocked off, if you don't have a welder on site, you could potentially lose that whole stage for your match. Yeah. Well, I mean, steel pipe is like you put a, you can put bullets through that, and then it becomes a like a snag or a, a hazard ricochet hazard. Yeah. Or I'm, I'm thinking like moving moving that stuff around. You've got all these like sharp edges, and you can oh yeah, yourself and, yeah. Yeah, you're the guy that considers how much keys are on his keychain, though. We wear gloves. Yeah, yeah, I wear gloves, too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Swing and a miss. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did a 
pile of reloading. Uh, did a whole bunch of, uh, I used some 70 green burger, uh, 223. So now I'm going to go test that out at some, uh, medium ranges with my AR and, uh, see how That's that does rate. on my AR one day, one in eight. Perfect. Which is good to go for Should that kind of thing. That out. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I've got out to 800. I don't think I can make hits at 800, but I can maybe make hits at 500. So, at, like, at minimum, I want to see two and 300. Um, if my blaster PMC is good at ranges, then fine. Uh, but if it's not and the 70 grainers do a better job of it, I might just start using those just for long range. So I wouldn't mind seeing where they hit compared to the blaster ammo and uh, see what they do at long range. And then I reloaded a pile of nine millimeter. I've got, I'm going to test this out. I think I'm going to hit the range on Sunday. because I've got a bunch of, uh, X metal targets, 124 grain projectiles with, uh, Oh, Canada ammo's like super cheap primers there. Uh, those dominion ones. Dominion. Yeah. Yeah. So they're good, but they're hard. They don't work good in like match guns, but my clock didn't have any problems with it. So I'm, I'm hoping like I want to shoot a whole bunch more through it and just make sure that that's like a, like a zero in 100 uh, failure rate on the primers. Yeah. If you uh, my FNS ran it fine too. Yeah. Your FNS is factory springs. If you went to like uh, a Zev striker spring in your Glock, you may not pop all of those dominions. Yeah. I'm not running the lightest uh, striker spring in that uh, Glock. So I think it'll be okay. Hope it'll be okay. Should be okay. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, that's about it for me. Uh, what about you, Kelly? Uh, well, this CCFR calendar, I just wanted to mention it again. It's 1995. Uh, so if you go to the CCFR website, if you go into the store section, uh, go in there and check it out. And all the money that is raised from that goes directly back into the women's program, and it's going to get more women into shooting. I just wanted to talk about it because we've been working really hard all year about it on it. And as I said, uh, Amanda from X Metal Targets, Yolanda, everybody is in the calendar. And just as a surprise for all the guys that are hosts of this radio, um, Slamfire Radio, uh, you're all going to get one for Christmas. Surprise! And some of you might actually get one that's, you know, autographed by Yolanda. Oh, what the rest of us? Come on. Some, maybe. Hey! Actually, yeah. Anyways, so we've been chatting. I said, uh, Yolanda, maybe you can sign a few and send them out. Anyways. That would be fantastic. <laughs> I know a guy that wants eight. Eight? What? All right. saying, I got a lot of rooms. <laughs> <laughs> could, got could you get Yolanda to spill some water on hers first before she sends it to Trevor? Because that yeah. would be perfect. We're going to laminate all the pages for you, so... <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know what you're doing with them, but they're going to be laminated. Anyways. That's our... a great idea. That's a great <laughs> idea. Oh, and I'd like to congratulate Yolanda on her second place finish at her last uh, fitness competition, bodybuilding competition, whatever it is. Yeah, it was the all naturals. So she, she doesn't take any supplements whatsoever. Well, you know. She doesn't have to. She, you no, can't she, look. Oh, my gosh. She's amazing, isn't she? <sighs> Stop. Let's move on, please. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> I said to dry my mic. <laughs> Stop drooling. Wipe your mouth. I can't help it. I can't help it. Just awful. Anyways. All right. Brian, have you bought your copy yet? 
No. All right. Uh, I don't have any wall space for a calendar. Oh, and come on. I've ever heard. I'm Put it in a drawer. Trying, oh, come on. Support the woman's programming. Like, yeah, seriously. Okay. All right. Buy it and give it to I me. I, I No. No. Remember the part where you're a horrible human being and I can't figure out how people are nice to you because I actually know you? Mm. Mm. You know, these are classy, so you can even hang it where your children would see it. All right. Roll models. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly, Kelly. Mm-hmm. Filled with positive female role models. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. So the other thing is Maple Seed Break is over. We had a whole two weeks off. Woohoo. Anyways, uh, we're back to weekly uh, director meetings. So we did have one on Tuesday. And we're we're actually planning the 2018 season already. So we are looking for ranges that will uh, are looking to host events. So if you do have a range that's interested, send us an email at info at um, uh, com, and uh, we'll get back to you. But the other thing is also we're starting to do the onboarding, onboarding process for the instructors as well. So stay tuned for that. Uh, in the Wait. new year, go ahead. I just said sweet when you said onboarding process for the instructors. Yeah. Very well, imp- help the thing grow and yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So we're having uh, we're having calls specifically about the onboarding process. We've pretty much already completed the instructor manual, but uh, we will be sending out emails to riflemen in the next little while. So expect that. And so, uh, go Kelly, ahead. before you get off that, do you want to come back to Barry then? Do we want to come back to Barry? Of course we do. Yeah, just checking. Yeah. I wasn't sure if if three days of fun was like you guys had emotional scars from the last time you were here. So the emotional scars, no, they were emotional highlights. We met some really Aww. great people, and we got to spend some time with you. So it was awesome. <clears throat> some great people and me. No, 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 no I wasn't. No, no. I wasn't with the great people. We, okay. No, I said we got to meet some great people, new people, and you, and we got yeah. to spend some quality time with you as well as Jay Hines. So. Yeah, it was awesome. And what else did I do? Range day on Sunday. It was freaking cold. The snow's back. Remember how I said I don't really like snow? Well, it's winter in Ontario, so I guess it means going to the range when it's snowing. One of the things I wanted to do was work on my trigger control and my follow-through just to make sure that I was continuing with that, and it went really well. The only thing that I found was... After shooting for a little while, my fingers were starting to get really, really cold. And gloves. What are you guys using for gloves? Shooting in the cold? Um, I use like gloves similar to like mechanics. Mm-hmm. I hate gloves. I hate bulk. Yep. So I try and get uh, the the best form fitting gloves that I have. Some douchebag actually stole my five eleven gloves out of my truck this summer. Um, they were my favorite. Look up five eleven gloves. Yeah, I just use the mechanics gloves, and I only use them when I'm touching the gun. Otherwise, I'll have my hands in the pocket or, or something like that. I just, I, I'm like Trevor. I don't like to shoot with gloves on. Mm. Maybe, you know, if, if I'm shooting targets, so if I'm like static at 100 meters shooting a rifle, I don't really care. It's not making a difference. But if I'm shooting a pistol or if I'm reloading or action shooting yep. or something like that, no way. Like, I do not love wearing gloves. I'd rather just freeze. Yeah. And I and that's it. I'm the exact same way. If I I need to be able to load my magazines, but you know those um, 
those cheapy, cheapy dollar store ones. I don't like anything on my fingers, my fingertips or anything like that when I'm, so I tend to buy the cheapy ones and my nails. I have longer nails, so they, they, yeah, I ruined my gloves anyways. So I do have some, I have some really good gloves, but I don't like them because of the seams. So if anybody can suggest gloves without any seams that I won't. Rubber gloves. (laughs) Okay. They're seamless. (laughs) Yeah. All right, so those big and white... Uh, you, no fingerprints, it's all good. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of fingerprints, I pretty much ventilated Wicket. I gave him a nice smile and a couple of nose holes and eye holes and all that. So, you know those... When we were down in New Brunswick, Trevor, you remember? Mm-hmm. We shot, there. We shot Wicket. Or no. We didn't shoot Wicket, but those of us who didn't really care, we shot Wicket, right? Oh, okay, Wicket, right. I got you the yeah, filthy the, the, target. Yeah, the Ewok. There the we Ewok. Go. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I just decided I was going to ventilate him a little bit. So good. It was a really hard target to see. So I was trying to, you know, practice my follow through, make sure. Anyways, he did got you a try your new shotgun. I did not. Oh, that's well. That's the next thing. My shotgun. Thank you, Canada Post. Took almost a week to get here. So it arrived on a Friday. I, got, I came home from work on Friday and they said, you know, you can pick up your shotgun. They didn't actually say shotgun, but you can pick up your package at the uh, Canada Post outlet, which is our local, you know, drugstore. Um, they said you can pick it up tomorrow at 1, 1 p.m. Uh, and sometimes they actually deliver afterwards um, at around 5 o'clock. So I went over there at 5 o'clock and they said no. It's not coming. It's not It's not here yet. You're going to have to wait, not tomorrow, which is a Saturday. They said, you're going to have to wait until Monday. And don't come at 1 p.m. because of the fact that we know it won't be here at 1 p.m. Come at 5 p.m. So I had to wait like another four days before I got it. But I did pick it up on the way home on Monday night. And I did get it. And it looks amazing. And I'm going to take it out this weekend um, because, you know, I'm not like... I'm old person. I go to work in the morning and it's dark and I come home from work and it's dark. So I have no time to shoot during the week. So I have to do it during the weekend. So I'm going to go this weekend and shoot that. So I did want to say thank you to Jason Phelps for actually trusting me and sending it out to me because I didn't really pay him because my EMT didn't go through, but it did this time. And yeah, thanks a lot. Canada post for taking a week to send it to me. And remind me that was the Nova, right? Yep. It was the Nova. Okay. So, 28 inch barrel 28 so yeah it's super long but it's a nice shotgun i miss my nova yeah I, that was my duck gun that was it was a great shotgun yeah it, it was good it's super smooth and yeah i'm gonna probably clean it tomorrow take it out to the range um either uh Saturday's going to be a nicer day, but I think I'm going to go to SFRC on Saturday. And Sunday, I'll probably go to the range and, and try it out. Have you figured out about the button on the slide? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Don't yeah. don't accidentally push the button on the slide unless oh. you mean to push the button on the slide. Yeah. I figured that out. I was looking at that. Yeah. So, yep. Okay. Yep. No, I'm super excited. It's smooth like butter. Yep. I'm, I'm excited about smooth like butter. So happy for you. <laughs> the best thing ever is the fact that I kind of like, you know, stole it from you. But and that I didn't know. <laughs> no, see, I was trying to steal it from you because you talked about getting that from I him know. like a year ago. I, I know. 
that you said, no, don't buy it. And then you said, I'm buying it. I said, wait a minute, Jason, (laughs) you know, go ahead. I kind of feel like I scooped a Geisley trigger from you, like based on our conversation earlier. So (laughs) I I don't know if that's true, but I'm going to go with it. All right. I feel like I've got an SLR prototype coming to play with and you guys don't. So I win this contest. Yeah. Whatever. All right. That's All of a sudden, nobody cares anymore. Somebody nobody hang wants up to. on Trevor, please. <laughs> <laughs> I used to hear. Oh, hey, you got me so good today. Oh, you bugger. You, uh, yeah. I did. I did hang up on you really you well. You did. Today. You want. You want that point for you, sir. You did well today. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yep. And what that's, else, Kels? No, that's everything. That's, oh, okay. That's oh yeah. That's everything. That's everything. All right, team. Well, then, um, once I get my screen adjusted here to the proper size so that I can see, not that it helps with my reading or anything, we'll move on to the upcoming event. Uh, That's not italicized, so I almost read that. (laughs) The Prairie Fire 2018 Multigun Classic, July 13th to the 15th, will be in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Search Prairie Fire Multigun Classic on Facebook for more information. Then there's also the BC Redneck. Th- Redneck. What's a Redneck? Uh, that's uh, a guy the from... Communist Canadian. I was going to say, com- <laughs> you know, he doesn't shop at the Calgary Shooting Center. I don't know. It's good. Also that's true. Good. Yep. Both good theories, yeah. <laughs> uh, BC Redneck Three Gun Championship will take place in Prince George at the Prince George Rod and Gun Club, BC. Search BC Redneck 3-Gun on Facebook for more information. We don't even put out links anymore, huh? We're just like, here's the name, search it, you're fine. They're on Facebook. If you search BC Redneck on Facebook, you'll get it. There you go. Um, For those of you that haven't heard, the 8th Annual Podcast Charity Shoot is going to take place at the Rescue Gun Club on July 7th. And on July 14th, Matthew and I, with the help of Adriel, will be teaching a Ferlacci course in Edmonton this time. Uh, details to, to follow. Matthew's like, yeah, I, I haven't been on lately, but yeah, go ahead and announce that. So I forgot to put it in. Um, what else? Anything else that somebody wants to mention there that we didn't get in? Oh, there's a couple. I don't know. No. Nope. So no? Okay. News. New gun stuff. Adriel, take it away, sir. Yeah, so there's a whole bunch of uh, Black Friday sales coming up here. Um, I don't know. like, So we could uh, we could go through them all, or we could just kind of pick out some of the ones that we think are, are pretty interesting. Uh, one of the ones that I thought was, uh, was really interesting was that Arms East 20% off Geisley triggers. So if you wanted to get one of those for perhaps an SLR build, maybe uh, that's the place to do it. Uh, Northern Republic Magazine was uh, was doing their Black Friday sale, and they had grand uh, end block clips for a buck. What? Yep. What? Right. Original or reproduction? Uh, I believe, believe the reproduction. Okay. I, but I hear... they're still a buck. Yeah. Yeah. So if they don't work, so what? Throw them at your friend sitting next to you. <laughs> you, know, you exactly. I, mean, I pay a buck for that, right? So you can't lose either way. Can't lose. Uh, there's a whole bunch of other ones. Uh, I'm just wondering if uh, if we should get into these now or if we should get into them later. 
Uh, Wolverine Supplies has a, has Black Friday sale. Tenda, I Run Guns has a couple. CDC Supplies, Canada Ammo, International Shooting Supplies, Double Tap, Mag Dump, General Gun Supplies, Zahal, Cabela's, um, and then Arms East and Northern Republic, like I mentioned there. Uh, I think I'm going to be popping by Cabela's just to see what they've got. Uh, and then I might hit Wholesale Sports and continue to pick at the bones there. Um, they finally got to put in guns on sale, huh? Eh. And, and a decent sale. So now we're getting to a point where it's like, oh, okay, now I gotta, hmm. I gotta get down there and I might have to pick up some shotgun shells and that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. So there's some, uh, there's definitely some decent, uh, sales out there. So we're, we're each supposed to grab two of these. No, Adriel, then, hold on a second. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was me hanging up on Brian. <sighs> and now oh, I'm going to mute my phone. All right. He's going to. You'll have to. Yeah. Yeah. I added one there to the end there, Adrian. All right. Yeah. Tell us about it. It's MDT. Uh, so they mm-hmm. have their Black Friday sales on as well. So all their chassis. They're, nice. they're at a really good price. You should go in and see this. Like, no. seriously. Yes. Attack 2 <laughs> chassis. It's like from. It's regularly six hundred and eighty nine dollars. It's on for three hundred and forty four dollars. Like, come on. Do you know what I didn't know, Kelly? What? They make one for the ten twenty two. I know. So like You really Yeah. <laughs> they also I built my first and only target rifle, yes. precision rifle, whatever. hmm Just because I wanted to own the chassis. It's half price, Same by idea the way. as I got my first SKS just half because I wanted price? to own the matter. Yeah, range. it's the LSS 22 Ruger 1022. It's three ninety nine ninety nine. It's on sale for 200 bucks. Sorry. <sighs> Go ahead. <laughs> oh, you're going to It's beautiful. It, you oh, yeah, 200 bucks. See it. Yeah. Huh. Can't do it. Yeah, Can't you can. Sure no, you can. I sold an AR just, to buy my SLR. Just, I put tires on my truck, and that has ruined me. It's less than one tire. <laughs> but I bought the tires. Now there's no money for the chassis. Do you have money? Oh, man. When's your next page? On this thing it's, tomorrow. I know. Oh. A 338 Lapua magazine. It's a factory second. Who cares? 34 bucks. Get yeah. real. That is incredible. Wow. This is all on sale for like half price. Most everything is half price. So you, yeah. HS3 just, chassis for just, 250 Just do it. Tax twenty one for four eighty two. Mm. Mm. Yeah, they, I thought it. Nope. Yep. Yeah. Was in the window. MDT, they have. Come on, they have some. Some of the some of the places are like okay, ten percent off everything, and some of the places like MDT are like no <laughs> more. <laughs> I'll show you a discount. Yeah. Literally uh, half price. So, when are you going to get a better deal? It could be never. If it's free, I'm in, but it's not, so I'm out. Like, all right. Well, the listeners aren't rock. sending you free stuff, so uh, I run guns has some good ones here. A PSA, so an AR15 carb, uh, carbine, 16 inch barrel, 3.99 US. Jeebus. I don't know what that is in Canadian, but it's not much. That's cheap, holy. Yeah, but AR15s are so 2017. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> uh, now in Canada, uh, <laughs> they are. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Hmm. What mm. else we got? Uh, 
Uh, well, Canada Ammo is running a, a pretty decent sale. They've got a bunch of their uh, powders at 15 to 20% off their Dominion powder, which is That's already good. pretty cheap powder. So if you're reloading at uh, at bulk uh that's uh that's a decent deal what is that uh, dominion powder comparable to so what's it supposed to be like they've, two, got a, three... they've, they've got a couple different kinds they've got um oh i can't even remember which different kinds of like they've got uh the numbers similar to what the burn rate's supposed to be okay mm. Mm. well if you got a grizzly shotgun they've got synthetic mags for 20 bucks each so you know that's pretty cheap. They've got Swiss Arms mags, a ten pack for a hundred bucks. So ten bucks a mag for Swiss Arms mags. That's incredible. Yeah, ten sun clearance, solar, bunch of other stuff that I don't really care about. Yeah, yeah, they got a bunch of stuff. Five pounds for a hundred bucks. I guess that's twenty bucks a pound for uh, for powder. That's that's very not bad. Decent. That's pretty good. You, it's it's more typical these days to see uh, powder on for like fifty bucks a pound. So twenty bucks is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Lots of sales anyway. So definitely get out there and take a look. Uh, a lot of them are on CGN. Maybe what I'll do is pop all these guys into our show notes so that people can you know find some of these sales that we've uh, talked about as well. Cool. And then we saved the best for last. Yeah. Uh, my local gunsmith, Denis from Armory DC, DC Gunsmith, sent us an email. It says, hello, Slamfire. Here are my Black Friday deals. Narenko M14 and 308 Winchester for five ninety nine. Uh-uh. He's got a Narenko Type 97 SRG2. So it actually comes equipped with a flat top upper installed for nine ninety nine. I would like to remind people that that gun last year was $1,300. Mm-hmm. Got a Marlin 336W in 3030 Winchester, 635 after, and you get a, a mail-in rebate, $75 U.S. mail-in rebate. Then he's got a Savage Axis XP combo, $460 plus a $100 mail-in rebate, many different calibers available. And then mm-hmm. the Browning Winchester promotions that are going on, $200 mail-in rebate on the Browning A5. $100 mail-in rebate on all on Browning Centerfire Rifles, $50 mail-in rebate on the Winchester SXP, and a $100 mail-in rebate on the Winchester XPR. Purchases have to be made between the 23rd and the 26th to qualify for the promotions. And, of course, if you're a member of the Rescuish Gun Club, you still get a 5% discount on select items. Oh, that Type 97 Generation 2 is supposed to be like a lot better than Gen 1. Absolutely. <sighs> Great trunk gun. <clears throat> yeah. Or we could, I could make an SLR. <laughs> yeah. 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 But your SLR will never be this small and compact. No. And still be non-restricted. It has its place. It'll be more accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Your SLR would be accurate. But when you put... Uh, well, I don't know. Listeners, if you have a T97 with a flat top upper... And a decent optic, like I don't mean a, a Tasco, I mean a decent optic, something in the loophole range. Write in and tell me what you're getting at 100 meters with that gun. Are you getting two minutes, three minutes? What do you What are you getting? I was getting two or three. Uh, you were right. even yeah. with a even with a bang and scope and a, a mm. upper flat top upper. But this is the Gen Two. I wouldn't imagine there's an accuracy difference between Gen One and Gen Two. No, just refined probably. 
I think they changed the Magwell and uh, well, and and they come with a flat top upper. Yeah. Mm. Um, the Type ninety ones is that what it is? Eighty one. Type eighty one. Those are finally the... in customers' hands. I'm hearing reports of minute of pie plate accuracy at a hundred. <laughs> Sorry. It's, you I need a big pie plate, though. It's big, like <laughs> yeah, it's five, gotta be a five MO, uh, yeah, caliber uh, tested theirs, and they found five MOA. Ooh, it's so now they didn't test it with a scope; they tested it just the rifle itself. Mm-hmm. The sight radius on it is so short; it's like the rear sight's well ahead of the of the receiver, and uh, that front sight is not at the end of the barrel, so it's uh, it's very short. I mean, fast to shoot fast to acquire targets, but uh, very short sight radius. Shorter than an SKS, I assume. Uh, wait, where's my SKS? You know what? I still want one. Uh, the Type 81? Yep. Oh, I think they're cool. Yep. Yeah. Way down low on, on, on my list of, you know, priorities, so to speak, but it's still on my on my, on my my list, my wish list. Keep, oh, seems yeah. to keep yeah. growing. Shorter sight radius than an SKS. I just pulled I know. Wait, you got one? Yeah. No, I've got an SKS. Oh. Okay. You didn't get your hands on a Type 81 yet, though. Not yet. All right. Very good. Somebody send Adriel one. He needs one. <laughs> cool. Okay. Should we get into the main topic? Sure. Yeah. Joining us this week for a very special interview, we have Jacob from Maccabee Defense in Calgary, Alberta. Uh, who is producing a very exciting new product that uh, the listeners are, are very excited about, and we're all looking forward to discussing. Uh, Jacob, welcome to Slamfire Radio. Hey, thanks for having me. It uh, truly is our pleasure. There's a lot of internet hype. The internet is melting right now. This week, gun owners are just blowing up the internet and social media and web pages discussing your company's latest product the SLR rifle. Before we get into that, um, maybe you could tell us a little bit about the company, Maccabee Defense. Uh, what is it that you folks do over there? Yeah, so I just recently got started uh, to work with Wyatt. Couple, I, I mean, when we started prototyping, he approached me uh, with all the ideas. And yeah, I mean, I think in the first place, Maccabee was uh, a distributor and kind of just a sales rep for a couple of companies and you know how, how it is in Canada it's a very tough business and I don't know he couldn't really find products that he was like to have and I guess uh, we get in contact and if you ask a master gun maker what we can build I would tell him you know there's a lot of possibilities <laughs> with time with time and effort you can do a lot of things awesome so uh, some of the products that Maccabee distributes, I was on the website, uh, of course, always trying to get more information on the SLR that we're going to discuss this evening. But uh, Corner Shot, that's uh, what can you tell us about the Corner Shot just real quickly? Uh, actually, not much. I, I test shot it when it first came to Canada. And it's a pretty interesting system. And I don't know, it's like specially designed for, you know, police and I guess some hostage situation where you have to be undercover or um, shooting over a wall. I guess they have like something like a long telescopic spike where you can just elevate the gun and look 
over a wall behind a corner. And yeah, it's a pretty interesting system. It is. Uh, my first time seeing that was, on, of course, on uh, the reality TV show Top Shot. I didn't think we'd ever see them coming into Canada for law enforcement. That, but that's pretty neat. Um, but anyway, enough enough about that. Let's let's cut to the chase and let's talk about the exciting new product that Maccabee Defense is bringing to market, the SLR. Uh, at this time, I'm going to ask Brian, um, host one of the hosts over at Modern Rifleman Radio. He's joining us this week to um, help with the interview, and he he came up with a, a list of great questions. So, Brian, why don't you take it away and let's let's go through that list of questions you came up with. Okay, Trevor. Yeah, thanks. Uh, okay, so. We'll uh, just go through them in the, in, in the order that I came up with them in my head. Um, I think we know the answers to some of them already, but uh, the upper and lower receiver sets, are they going to be compatible with any other rifles that are out there now? The Air 15, Robinson's, Robinson Arms, ACR? Uh, no, no, that's like for from our standpoint and our approach to this thing. We we try to engineer something that's totally new and is actually you know the next step in in the marketplace. So we spent probably over like 500 hours, um, yeah, engineering it specifically to the uh, Canadian market, and it's not compatible with AR-15 upper and lowers. Some parts work, most of the parts work, and yeah. Um, well, let's. Let's take a step back for a second and maybe tell us. We jumped in a little quick. What is yep. the what is the SLR rifle that you're coming out with? Okay, so it's a non-restricted self-loading rifle, and yeah, we designed the upper and lower so that we can use um, you know multi-calibers essentially. Like we are not just limited on a 5.56 and you know 300 blackout low-pressure cartridges. We can also uh, using this uh, in this model, we can use bigger cartridges. They will fit in the magazine well. That's that's our thing. But there's a lot of Wildcat rounds, or let's say six five Grendel, and I guess um, all the controls are like an AR-15. Like it still has the mag release button where where it should be, the selector where it should be, and we have a top charging handle where people can customize different stocks on it, whatever they want. Awesome. All right, Brian. Cool. Carry on, man. Okay. Next question. Um, so it is a, a system of an upper and lower. Um, the are the two halves easy to pull apart, much like an AR-15? Yeah, I would say pretty much. Like I um, played with with all of them essentially, and yeah. So one one problem that appears to me, like I I can do it with you know, let's say fifteen minutes, uh, fifteen seconds, I can swap the upper and lower. And yeah, and I'm, I think it's it's really important for us to have a product that steps away from being a battle rifle, like designed for combat. This was our approach. That's why we didn't want to have something that is easy to conceal and you know taken apart too fast. That's why we uh, you know we did as well our takedown solution that we have there. Well, if I could just jump in here for a second. Um, one of the things that you see with AR-15s as well is sometimes the upper and lowers uh, are a little bit loose in their fit. Um, does the system that you guys design uh, uh, give a tighter fit to the upper and lower? Yeah, exactly. Like this is uh, the most common issue I see. Um, you can have a high 
match grade barrel uh, in an upper and lower. But as soon as you playing around with the profile, profiling it down so you can actually handle the gun or carrying it around for a longer period, you will see that your groupings are just never going to be in this, this realm, what the barrel actually can do. So if you just swap over the same barrel in a bolt action gun, you could see your potential. But again, if the parts are loose, connected to each other, you playing, you know, with the harmonics from the barrel, the vibration, it will just not work out. Like simply, if you have a bolt action gun and your action screws are loose, I mean, somebody probably uh, recognized something like this in their hunting experience or, you know, just being a shooter. Um, then you just, you, your gun won't group as well. Right. Now, just listening to some of the internet scuttlebutt, there's been a lot of questions about the takedown system. Um, we understand so far that there's it's a, actually a bolt that slides up in play in where there would be pins in an AR-15. In this in this design, there's actually a single bolt uh, up at the front of the receivers. Correct? Yeah, that's that's correct. And uh, we did some testings with having just a pin in this place. Um, but we we seen just more benefit out of having a screw and like we have our screw interface. It's a helicoil, so it's steel on steel. Oh, okay. There is no real wear on it. It's it's a really rigid design, and you know if if you maybe feel one of those regular AR-15s out on the market uh, that have play in 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 all the different axes, so you have sideways play, up and down, and you know it just wiggles around pretty loosely, and we can literally with our um, connection system, we can have it with physical zero play and being still easy to take in apart. Perfect. Yeah. So this, it basically takes a, an Allen key to, to take the bolt out and then you can slip the part, the two halves apart and you're good to go. Right. Yeah. Um, Allen key will work. Um, maybe we did a little bit of research and essentially hand type hand tied is already enough. Okay. To, to keep it in place and to keep it secure. Like this is not something that needs to be torqued on to a certain spec. Um, and maybe down the road, we will be able to do a single pin for people that really want, you know, a pin conversion or something like this. It's, it's possible. Right. Okay. Well, I, th I think given the fact that it's got a, a helicoil in place, so you're not putting a steel bolt in a, on aluminum threads that takes away a lot of people's concerns just, just for wear of threads over time. So that's excellent. Cool. Um, all right. Next, uh, question, uh, I think we've all you've already said that it's the the system is compatible with pretty much all the standard accoutrements to an AR-15, the the bolt carrier groups, stocks, handguards, buffer tubes, that sort of thing. Um, what about uh, trigger groups and safety selectors like the lower parts kit? Are those going to be completely compatible with AR-15s, or are there some limitations there? So I mean, if you buy like a Let's say Millspec or Millspec Plus, like one of the, you know, Daniel Defense, for, for example, or ALG companies like this, I would consider them to be a better fit as a, I don't know, uh, let's say Norinco, um, AR-15 trigger parts and components. They will definitely have a better, uh, you know, it will work better in our gun. Just for us, it was really hard to figure out, okay, what exactly is Millspec tolerance? 
it's it's something that's never really defined. So we have to really go to high-end products and to low-end products and all measure them in our R&D um, and developing. And we, we found out, like we can, we actually had drop-in triggers working as well in the gun, but we just found that they are not as rigid as, you know, let's say for instance, yeah, you can buy a Geisley trigger just designated for three-gun shooting and it works pretty much all the time. Uh, we never say to fail. It's a, it's a pretty high-end company. And when I compare it with some of the drop-in triggers, they're just not at the same level. Oh, interesting. Okay. So cool. um, if I could jump in for a second, Jacob. Please. The, yeah. the question that's being asked out there is, and let's let's take Daniel Defense, because as you know, the, the tolerance of their parts are good. They do refer to them as mil-spec plus. Let's say I've got a Daniel Defense at home with an 18.5-inch um, barrel on it. Can I literally strip everything out of that upper and lower and drop them into your upper and lower and be good to go? Uh, yes, and you actually save some parts. You will end up with having two um, the the connection pins, the takedown pins, and two springs and detent pins over. So I'll be on my way to another build. That's good. Exactly. Like the, I mean, they don't offer 18.5 inch barrel, 18.6 inch barrel. And this is a little bit the problem that, uh, you know, the Canadian market is so specific mm-hmm. and you won't really get something out of, uh, you know, the States. They're, they don't care too much about the Canadian market, I guess. And so we actually approached the Hammer Forging Company, um, a well known one out of Germany, and they're going to make a custom man drawers. And we have our, caliber lined up and then we can offer I think you had another question there when we talked about all the different calibers and barrel profiles and we will machine the barrels here in Canada to really satisfy the market because I know a lot of people want a heavy barrel, this and that and if we start from a blank we can literally satisfy everyone Okay, interesting. Alright um, well then uh, <clears throat> why don't we jump into that so you're you're all you're not just selling receiver sets. You're obviously also selling complete rifles. So, what sort of calibers are you expecting to offer complete rifles in or or barrels chambered in that that sort of thing? So yeah, we did some testing with. Uh, I mean, we started two for Ruger. There's some Warmit hunters. They just love this cartridge for coyote hunting or you know other Warmit golfers, I guess. Um, works really well on our platform. 5.56, of course, is, I think, the, the main cartridge that people like just because the price point and, you know, low recoil. And yeah. And then the next step up is 300 blackout. Um, we did testing. It's, it's fast. It's fine. It's perfect. And you can have actually, you know, a cartridge that is higher pressured and one that's lower pressured for, you know, your use or your hunting. And seven six six two to thirty nine works as well. We did some testing, and uh, you know, there's also mixed reviews on it to convert it into an AR. And people have problems with the bolt heads that they are just not holding up. It's the same issue with six five Grendel essentially. Um, and we did the testing, and when we found that the LMT bolt heads were the most reliable ones, and I mean for our builds, we will definitely recommend them and put them in our guns. But we can't control what people, you know, out there putting in or I don't know what for parts kit will arrive out of, you know, overseas. Who knows? 
Yeah, also 6.5 Grendel will be definitely one of our barrels. And we had one test in 4.58 SOCOM done as well, and it was really well. Like, our action is so rigid that nothing will loosen up. It's uh, it's more reliable, I guess, than a regular AR-15 that is really thin and uh, in the walls. And, you know, a little bit of extra weight from our receiver helps there. It's a really rigid unit. Yeah, I... I'd be interested in a, in a 450 SOCOM for Gophers uh, ground sports. <laughs> you know already, Brian, great. which one I want. Uh, remind us, Trevor. <laughs> the um, he's been so long since talked about. It, I can't remember the um, <laughs> 7.62 by 40 from Wilson Tactical. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like from us, from from our standpoint, there we can we can do pretty much everything. Like if. If a guy says, oh, he wants a custom chamber in there, we have the capacity and we can do it. Um, and like I said, those are the barrel blanks that we can offer. And we will release and also the twist rates and all the, the closest spec. But in, in the high-end category, we can definitely guarantee MOA out of those barrels in our units. Wow. Cool. Now, and so will you will be selling barrels separately then uh, in addition to the rifles themselves? Yes, there's... Uh, I, I think it's, it's definitely will work, but again, like our through our research, we found that as soon as you have a little bit of play between upper and lower, you won't get the full benefit out of your barrel. And right. I mean, there's people that put in those acre acre wedges, I guess, in the back on the receiver. Um, there's some of the you know high end build ARs. They are definitely on the on the better side, but I, if you pound 458 SOCOM through it, it will loosen up. For sure, because right. it's it's steel on aluminum, which uh, yeah, you know, it's, yeah. it's not really made for a really long long term use. All right, cool. Um, now a question that that uh, I popped into my head, just so you can verify, uh, which half, the upper or the lower, is considered the firearm? Which part is is serialized? And the reason I ask uh, because. Initially, a lot of people were saying, oh, it would be great if we could have uppers with short barrels and, and have like a restricted upper and non-restricted uppers, depending on what we want to use. Now, is that feasible with this design or is the lower the part that's serialized? The lower is actually part of the serialized. Okay. It's still the Canadian law, I guess. And in Germany, we every, every part that is considered a firearm has to have a serial number on. So... It's it's re- really different over here in Canada, and it's the lower has the serial number on, and if somebody puts in a shorter barrel, they have to uh, essentially report it to the RCMP right. and put them in their system and get them essentially, uh, I think, a restricted status. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I would assume that once a receiver is restricted, it'll be restricted forever. By the RCMP, I, I would guess that's yeah, how they would deal with it. I think it's a really, it's a really tough one because we kind of pushed the envelope here a little bit with our mm. our approach. And yes, I I think it's not a smart idea to put a short barrel in, in something like this. I mean, there's there's so many ARs already out there with short barrels, and I don't really see a point in it. It's, it's usually a, a big big muzzle flash. If you're not really in law enforcement or something like this, you I, I don't really see a point in it. No, and neither, like neither, every, and neither do I, Jacob. It defeats the purpose of the, the whole intent of this rifle 
to get this high-end non-restricted rifle and then put a short barrel on it, making it restricted. It really, if you want something with a short barrel and stick with an AR, this, this, this is not, uh, it's not a good use of your time or your money to put a short barrel on this thing. No. Exactly. And it's, it's the same with, you know, people saying, oh yeah, we'll strip my AR down. And I would say 90% of the ARs have not the right barrel length. So if there's just stripping the parts down, even, you know, there's most of them that have just cheap Norinco guns and, uh, they're just not consistent at all those parts. They're, you know, they're known to be not really reliable. And this is just important for, for a lot of folks out there to know. There's, you know, people that think, oh, you know, I just buy, uh, a $900 rifle, drop the parts in, and then I have, uh, I don't know, under two grand firearms. Uh, I don't think it will work like this. It's just, you know, you make, you make compromises somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think, I think what you would end up in that case would be a $1,900 Norinco. You know, just doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Some people will do that though, just because either they already have them or yeah. it is, it is the cheap way for them to get started on, on something. Um, but, you know, now for someone who doesn't have a restricted firearms license, then they're going to have to go a different route. They're not going to obviously be able to buy, buy an AR-15 and strip the parts off. They'll have to just buy the parts as they go. But that's another option for people. I mean, they could buy the yeah. receiver set. If they don't want to buy the complete rifle, they can get into the the fun part of building uh, a modern semi-automatic rifle uh, because all, all the parts are – there's no restriction on who can buy those. So that that's great for them. Exactly. And, uh, I mean, I, I always encourage people to, to build something to put more thought behind what they really, where they really spent the money on. And yeah, like, like, you know, with, with those cheap parts, let's say those companies, they will save, of course, on quality control. So no part will be like another one. The, they just produce thousands of them and throwing them on the market. And I don't think this is the right way, uh, especially, you know, you, you're buying a firearm. It should be always safe and, you know, fill certain standards. And then, I mean, we, we tried with our price point, I guess it's around 2,500 for a complete rifle. It's, uh, it's really compatible with, with every other well-known company. And like if, you know, we go lower than this, then we will have to say, okay, let's spend less time in figuring out. Uh, that we build actually good guns. This this is just a, a simple fact. Yeah, and unfortunately, you as a manufacturer, because you're putting out th this product as a receiver set that people can then build on, you're sort of at the mercy via the internet of the mistakes that people make or the cho or the the poor quality of parts that some other company makes, and uh, you know fingers are going to get kind of pointed in in a couple different directions, but. Um, you know, that's a risk you're taking to bring this to the market. And there's so many benefits for us as Canadian firearms owners. We're really glad you're doing that. Yeah, I, I think so too. It's, uh, I mean, the, the way how, um, this, this whole, let's say launch from this SLR rifle went viral in the social media world is, uh, it's pretty interesting. And then to just see that just people put out some information and then, if 10, 10 people apply to this uh, information, they just think, oh yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a fact. 
So it's pretty funny for us to see what people make their mind up and say, oh, yeah, that's what we're going to pay for it. And then it's going to be, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's what you have to build it for. And it's it's not the way it is. And again, we as a manufacturer, we have all the controls in our hand to ensure that we will have a good product on the market and we will satisfy our customers. And if, you know, you guys also like, you know, support the Canadian made products, it's it's always good to get a rifle fully built. And what we also planning to do is uh, to do a course, essentially, where people that don't have the tools or the skills, um, you know, we can sit down together in a group and build those guns together, you know, however customized they want. We are planning, you know, we worked with different dealers together and uh, found out, you know, of course, how, ma how many AR parts are laying around in their shelves. And so we can also offer like a semi-custom version or then as well if a guy just has no idea what he's doing, but he has already some parts given to him or whatnot. Um, he can send us the parts. We will ensure that they're properly made and then we can put them in his build. And this all will be done in, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a really good price point. We don't want to overcharge people here. But what people have to understand is just to go from a uh, idea and a 3D printed prototype to like we are now a generation two hard prototype running gun, running units where we have like the only minor changes to do uh, mm -hmm. to to assume that something like this is fairly cheap. This is usually in a company. It's, uh, you know. Quarter million to a half a million investment to get a prototype up and running, and we we essentially did it with you know a lot of time and effort, and you know three guys building the stuff together. So okay, it's possible. Cool. All right, so you, you already touched touched on the cost of the complete rifles that you're projecting. Uh, what's going to be the price on just the receiver sets, which seems to be what people are really really excited about right now. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a huge, huge hype that's going on. The receiver sets, I think, will be available from nine ninety nine. I guess. Uh, don't mm -hmm. quote me on this, but uh, yeah, this will be the price that this will will be available for people. And I mean, everybody can can have can order one. You know, it helps us to know exactly what numbers are out there, how many we have to do in our production run. And then even though some people might consider, you know, the semi-build option or as well a fully-build option, um, you know, we have enough receivers available. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've seen uh, I've seen some retailers run out of barrels that are uh, longer than 18 inches. So <laughs> there's definitely some people out there who are gearing up for this thing. And uh, it, it must be uh, – there must be some uh, – solid demand for those receiver sets yeah I, I honestly so what we did in our um development phase here we actually ordered also just you know what we have available here in canada because this is what what the customer essentially will put in the gun and like for certain price points like i said underneath certain price points you cannot expect to have something good you know you might get lucky and it works out for you but it's literally it's a gamble you don't know what you're getting into when you buy, I don't know, a barrel under two hundred bucks, this is it's it's not guaranteed it works. Like it's it's a tough one. And I mean I, I know exactly what goes wrong on on such a gun. Uh you know, you don't line the gas block up correctly, you will have, you know, problems. Yep. Yep, been there, done that. 
Yep. Yeah. If your gas block uh, comes loose and t- and starts to rotate on the barrel, all of a sudden your your gun turns into a single shot. Yep. Not, not yeah. cool. Yeah, that sounds familiar. I've never yeah. heard that before. <laughs> I, I think that that's what the liberals anyhow want. So they probably will put a restriction Loctite on here. Hey, now. Yeah, we're, <laughs> Don't give me any ideas. Come, we're going to come back to that later. I'll have some questions for you about the process of getting the FRT number, but we'll let Brian finish his questions first. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, just just a couple of quick ones. Um, for what is – so for the upper and lower, because frankly, that's what I'm interested in. What is the, the <laughs> weight? Because weight on um, rifles has become a real thing for me lately. Yeah, I know we we did some like so what I did I actually weighed them before we did our final assembly when they come off the mill. Um, we can put also weight onto the 3D program and essentially it will tell us what it is and which material we're gonna build it. And I think we came to like one pound and one point three pounds, I guess. Right. And I my personal build, I think it's the rifle that's all over the internet here. Um, I, we stripped a gun down and put, you know, better components on it, like, you know, Geisel charging handle, this and that. And like, it was just a few ounces heavier. Like my gun is under eight, eight pounds. It's not, not bad. I had, uh, some really competitive three gun shooters using the gun and they're loving it. They're saying it stays better on target because it has a little bit more weight on the back and I don't know, this, this got my brain fired up again, and I thought about, okay, let's make a, you know, the lightest weight version we can do that can handle our big calibers, and then we can just add weight in the back, spacers, sim- uh, similar like uh, some high-end shotguns do. Neat. Interesting. So you, so you can balance your gun out with uh, essentially just adding a spacer in the back or, you know, a little weight. That's kind of cool. I, I oh, yeah. hadn't considered that at all. No, me either. I'm considering doing that to my three-gun AR because it has a almost a 20-inch barrel and almost nothing in the back. It's got a regular adjustable receiver extension and a lightweight maple stock. Yeah, huh. it is. It get, it did, I'm sorry, Trevor. Did you say maple, a maple stock like wood? Like no, a wood stock? I, no, I didn't, Brian. <laughs> Okay, sorry, sorry. All right, I didn't think you did, but I wanted to clarify. <laughs> clarify. <it. laughs> Trevor loves wood on ARs. Carry on. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, and I guess the last question I want to hit before I, I turn it over to Trevor: what's the what's your expected time range for these to be in the hands of of, cu- of just retailers and and uh, customers? Yeah, all the persons to put in a you know pre pre order. I would say they can expect it in uh, 2018 spring, um, so ready for golfer season. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, like this is our time frame. We we literally getting uh, like the last final touches on it. Uh, Gen three will have some small improvements. Um, we didn't found anything majorly being wrong anymore, and this is I mean this was from Gen one up to Gen three. Is is quite a step, and again, if you start on a 3D printed prototype, you won't believe how much stuff can go wrong. Mm. Uh, especially when we say, okay, we want to have a lot of different calibers available, and you want to have them all working in a gun. It's just, you know, talk about the magwell. You know, how many magazines are on the market? There is, and we want to make sure that all magazines are working in our gun because we don't really want to, you know, miss out on 
Mm. We have some funny Canadian laws there say, okay, we got to put a rivet in our magazines. So we actually, you know, make the right brew on the magwell as well. So those magazines will not stick. And yeah. Yeah. Are, are, uh, I noticed that uh, most of the pre-orders are just for the regular one. Are you guys going to uh, do some anodized like gold and some of the other different colors uh, for later runs? Oh, I guess like the the different colors we just tested out a couple places here that did anodizing, mm-hmm. and I mean if if somebody really wants a gold one, he can get one. Um, for the, for the guys that don't want to spend more than three hundred bucks, we can also melt some beer can down and uh, <laughs> make 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 a forged version for them. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Maybe to put on my wall. Yeah, something like this. I guess there's a video on YouTube where a guy actually did it. So <laughs> everything's mm. possible. It, it would be kind of cool to have a Canadian-made rifle made out of Molson Canadian cans. I yeah, yeah. yeah that would be kind of neat. That's upcycling, I guess. <laughs> yes, mm. that's right. So Jacob, uh, I'm familiar with uh, the trials and tribulations that Alberta Tactical had to go through to get their FRT number, multiple trips to Ottawa, and uh, submitting uh, product to be reviewed by the lab, and it's quite a, a long, painful process. What was it like for McCabe Defense to to get the FRT number for this product? Because a lot of us are assuming that something like this could never happen again. And yet here it is, it, not only has it happened, uh, I feel that this is the most exciting thing to come to the Canadian firearms market in uh, decades, frankly. And uh, so how did you do it? Uh, it's, a, it's a big know-how uh, that, I don't know, I probably build up over my, uh, my career in the firearms industry. Like I said, I'm a certified master gun maker. I, you know, I, Literally, I'm certified to build guns from scratch in, in Germany and Europe and have to bring them to a proof house as well. So it's a similar regulation. Um, but then I got confronted here with the, the problem that, you know, certain guns are restricted, some are non-restricted. Okay, what makes the difference? And then if you look from engineering point on to those, then you can literally find, you know, some some ways and something that makes actually sense for you. So we stick with the ones that make sense for us, uh, build it out, and actually we send in one rifle and we get approved because of our, I don't know, design features, let's say. And actually, we think they're really, you know, revolutionized the Canadian gun market, and uh, we put in the patent pending as well because it's it's a really great product. And I I wanted to give all the guys that are interested on definitely, you know, the time behind the trigger and just let it play. And so, yeah, and what? this was more more a gamble. Sorry to swipe a bit off this question. So the gamble was essentially you send in a gun and then you don't hear anything for like seven, eight months, and you know you spend all your R and D and cost on it and developing time. You don't know what what they're gonna say. Like they can just say no, no. Uh, everything we knew, they were really busy. Um, but there's not too much communication going on. You don't ne- you never get a clear answer. Until you get a non-restricted FRT number. Exactly, and that's made us pretty excited, and yeah. So you submitted one rifle. Yep. And eight months later, you had your FRT number with uh, some communication here and there in between? Pretty much. There was just uh, 
little little pieces where you can hear okay what is the status what's going on a few months you know you just keep wondering you know <laughs> what's happening with your brainchild let's say and so let's can we touch upon some of the design features that you felt were uh played a role in getting the non-restricted status yeah um i don't know i would say we connected all the dots uh it's it's uh for, for me like i I work here at the Calgary Shooting Center. I, um, you know, got my first work permit over this place here and had always the ability to just go out on the floor. And if I'm interested in something, I will just look it up and, and, you know, get it in my hands. And I think this helped us. And I cannot really review or uh, say anything about what we have done on internal parts because they're all, you know, part of our patent pending and sure yeah yeah but it's 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 essentially so the rcmp even though it, it doesn't look like they they don't they don't do you know a really smart move sometimes they're just they are also humans and they're they're working with with a lot of sense as well i don't know i i just we we picked it up and uh we made the best we can and you know here we are and everybody's excited Everybody is beside themselves. The internet has been blowing up since this uh, was released to social media. Um, I have a feeling that you and Wyatt are going to be very busy for the next couple of years. Yeah, I, I at least so too, which uh, which is not a bad thing, I guess. No, it's not, not at all. So, okay, is there anything else that you want to touch upon that? Uh, Myself or Brian, or, or that that we forgot to mention that you would like to cover before we uh, thank you and say good night. Um, I think we, we covered a lot of ground here, and I really appreciate you guys having me on the show. And uh, like I said, we we're going into into the market here soon. If if people they're really you know serious about their questions, they can always contact us. We. We have a, we have an open ear for them. We we make we make the space for them to, to satisfy their, their, their needs. So if you're a competitor shooter, if you do long range shooting, if you do three gun, if you do just really close range, let's say fire drills, um, we all want to hear what what do you guys have to say about it and what do you think, what what your first take is, and you know we want to make also like yourself, you want also a gun. For yourself really shortly so we will release a few guns to certain certain people try to organize some shooting parties so you know a lot of people can get their hands on one i'm very much looking forward to getting my hands on mine and and reporting back uh in all of our different social medias that we run here at Slamfire radio uh it's it's going to be exciting uh, the building parties that you're going to do, we didn't really touch upon that. That is exciting. That's a very popular thing in the United States where you can sign up for a class and walk out with a custom-built AK or a custom-built AR. That's that's really catching on down there. And as far as I know, you're the first Canadian company to do that. I may be wrong, but I'd, I'd like to think that I'm not. Um, that's exciting. Sign up for a class, come in. And build your SLR over the period of a couple hours would just be a, a phenomenal opportunity. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, if 
if, if a lot more people put put the put the ideas in there and again you know we designed this thing to be total customized like we any any stock can fit on our gun you know this yeah. is this is something we made sure that we purchased all the different varieties that's on the market and put it in our gun and see how it runs there's a few things that don't work um you know there's a few cheap parts that we just said no we don't put time and effort in to get them work and so we stick with the high-end components but i think like also magpul i guess offers a huge variety on stuff and it, they're not that expensive mm. yeah and we will have a gun here ready to shoot at the calgary shooting center at uh, saturday. saturday saturday yeah, yeah. So there's one available, and yeah, I'm I'm looking to get some more built here in the next few weeks, and then spread them out over the entire country, I guess. Awesome. So yeah, Saturday is Sig Days at the Calgary Shooting Center this week, and um, you'll also yeah pop in for Sig Days and take an opportunity to run the SLR and get uh, get a chance to get your own first impression of it, even before I do. Maybe I'll go to Calgary this weekend. That's feasible. Yeah, quickly fly over here. Sure. Yeah. I mean, just I'll let just... me know you got my number. Perfect. I will. All right. Well, Jacob, we'll let you go with that, and we'd like to thank you very much for your time. This is really exciting, and um, we're looking forward to having you back on once we, uh, once I get my mitts on mine, and other people start getting them. Maybe we can do an update in a couple of months when they when they go public and they're on shelves and stores we'd like to have you back and and see how things have progressed how's that sound that sounds awesome to me yeah excellent well until then thank you very much guys anything to add before we say good night uh J- jake i was just gonna let you know that like shipping to ontario is cheaper than to new brunswick so just send it on to me first and i'll make sure trevor gets it Don't well worry. if we're gonna play that game i mean i'm in edmonton so i think you should send it to edmonton first <laughs> I, I I don't disagree with you. So Edmonton to Barry Kingston and then New Brunswick maybe. Yeah. You're both uh, you're sure. both fired. You're both fired. This is the Kelly Trevor show now. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no, like I mean if if you guys have also some ideas from I don't know local stores there, you know, let's let's plan something out and make a road trip out of this. Like why not? And, you know, there's, I know there's a few shooting events they're all over Canada and we will definitely be represented on, on a lot of them. But if, uh, you know, you guys want to plan something out, I will give you my opportunity to put some guns to the side and, you know, oh, we'll be in touch because we, we, we hit uh, a couple of major events every year. So we will definitely be in touch. Okay. Right on. All right. Until then, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your afternoon, and we'll talk soon. Okay, perfect. All right. Take care. You guys have a good time. Take care. Bye. Thanks. Once again, I'd like to thank Jacob, uh, Wyatt, who unfortunately couldn't be here with us, but we'd like to thank him anyway, and Jeff for uh, helping put this awesome interview together. What do you guys think? This is pretty exciting. Yeah, it is. Yep. That's what everybody's talking about. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, all the kids want for Christmas. Yep. Uh, you know, if if you looked at uh, what, when we when we did our what law would you like to change in Canadian law? What a year ago or something. Uh, mine, mine was I want non restricted ARs. I can't remember if you guys said the same thing or not, but a non restricted AR was like way up there, and now we kind of can get a very close to an AR, right? Maybe even a little bit better. Yeah. 
Yep, this is as good as, it, as it's going to get. And even their complete rifle is less than the um, Alberta Tactical Modern Varmeter. Yeah, and similar price to an XCR or less? Similar. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And I mean, I had an XCR. The, the new ones are much, much better because they're, they're well, the, one of the things that's improved significantly in the new XCRs is the weight. Yeah. The one that I had was a tank. I held Rodville Tacas, which was actually in 762 by 39 and it was non-restricted but weighed the same as a 16.5-inch AR-15, so big improvement there. Yeah, yeah, they really improved the barrel profile, and the fore-end are both much improved. Yeah, they went to Keymod or M-Lock or mm-hmm. Lego or something. So, listener feedback, anyone? Sure. All right. Kelly, how would you like the first one? Sure, so scroll down to it. Listener feedback is from Robert Slamfire. Recently, I was listening to your Norenko 1911 upgrade uh, discussion. I nearly decided to follow along at home uh, with the project until I got stuck thinking about the quality and the design features of other 1911s. Can you point me to the previous podcast where you discuss 1911s and what qualities certain brands, models, frames, uh, types seem to have wide appeal for IDPA, USP? USPSA shooting. My G19 uh, would stay as my EDC, uh, so thin, single stack frames, or defensive considerations are not my focus. I do love a competition trigger and wonder what everyone raves about when uh, describing 1911 triggers, so maybe I should own one. Uh, at what point would you need a gunsmith to accurize the uh, project? Uh, could you do this uh, just by starting with less bare frame, STI frames? A project would be way more fun, so I could build up, break it, fix it, and break it again. And he says, P.S. I bought it at Mantis X the same day. I heard Slamfire reviewing it. I love the little uh, hashtag B-A. We're going to bleep that out, maybe? <laughs> I said it a while ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um I want to pick this apart from the top down. So uh, let's start with his first question. Can you point me to a previous podcast where you've discussed the 1911? The only one that comes to mind is the one where we had the Mad Ogre on to talk about. uh, And at that time, I was a hater and was really picking them apart. Um, And George is an aficionado, but he's not like a, a a 1911 gunsmith, which Adriel and I are pursuing we are going to have a professional gunsmith on uh i reached out to one guy the next guy i'm going to reach out to is the folks over at atlas um gunworks i believe they are making one of the best custom 1911s right now so i really want to talk to them um do we the the episode number for the one with george hill don't have it off the top of my head. We don't research these emails ahead of time because that would be professional and efficient. So we're just going to say, look for the first episode with George Hill where we talked about um, 1911. You could probably find it on iTunes or on our website, Adriel. Does it go all the way back to day one? Yeah. Yep. It goes so all that, way, and I'll, I'll just Google it here and I'll see if I can find uh, okay, cool. one with And George I'll carry Hill. on with this then and then you can jump back in. Um, okay, so... Uh, and what qualities certain brands, models, and frame types seem to have wide appeal? Okay, so when you're looking at a frame type 
or a model, you want to look for, uh, depending on the caliber, let's say you're going to shoot USPSA, IDPA, and you're going to shoot with um, 9 mil. You want to get a 1911 that has the frame cut for a ramped barrel. They are known to be more reliable than the non-ramped barrel. So like the barrel that's in my STI 1911 Trojan would not fit into an STI Spartan. The STI Spartan has the traditional um, frame that you would find, a frame and barrel combination that you would find in a Colt and the combination that the Narenko has cloned off of the Colt. Um, so that's one kind of characteristic you want to look for. Um, other things. Episode rear 102. Episode 102. Cool. Um, frame types seem to have a wide appeal for IDPA. You also want a frame type that has had the trigger guard undercut. My STI, the trigger guard is undercut compared to my Norinkos. My Norinkos are the same as a Colt, and the trigger guard is not undercut, so you don't get your hand quite as high on the gun, which helps mitigate recoil. Uh, do love competition triggers and wonder what everyone raves about when describing 1911 triggers. So maybe I should own one. When it comes to 1911 triggers, they are not all created equal. There are gunsmiths that can work on your hammer and sear and give you the desired break that you want. There are some people that like a 1911 trigger that they describe it breaking uh, like a glass rod so it's light and then when it breaks it's like super crisp you know that the trigger has broke there's other people that don't like that because that breaking can disrupt the sights they like a rolling break so you get to the back wall and when you press through the hammer and the sear kind of roll off of each other in a smoother break there are all kinds of different ways to set them up a lot of them bad um so you really need to Know what you prefer and then have access to it. Now, your question about what do you need to have a gunsmith done, don't do your own trigger job. I don't care how many YouTube videos you want, you watch. This is not something that you should mess with. You can cause the gun to go full auto and shoot yourself. I'm not even kidding. Um, don't mess with your hammer and your sear and your disconnector. Have a competent, experienced gunsmith do the trigger job on your 1911. You want to take a Dremel with a polishing wheel and some compound and buff up the surface slightly? Sure, maybe. But as soon as you start changing tolerances and the shapes of edges, you are going into dangerous territory. This is yeah. not I mean, something. If, if you're going to get the parts to do it yourself, it's going to be cheaper to actually just get a gunsmith to do it properly. So, yep. well, uh, you yeah. can drop those better parts in. Like, for example, you can like take my Norks, for example. I take out the factory hammer sear disconnector throw them in the microwave and then i drop in a factory hammer sear disconnector made by sti i don't touch them i don't try and tune them shape them anything and just that alone adriel immediately improves the quality of the trigger and then i'll take them to captain andy who has the proper tools and experience and he does a, a, a trigger job he goes to town reshaping hooks and edges on sears and gets gets it and makes it feel better and makes it even lighter. Yeah. The re the reset because of Captain Andy, the reset on my Trojan requires me to just take the pressure off the pad of my finger. I don't have to, there's, there's, I mean, you're talking, I'm moving an eighth of an inch to reset the trigger. Like it's ridiculous. I just take the pressure off the skin on my finger and the trigger resets. That's how amazing it is. So 
And I think that's the that's the amazing part of the triggers because you can get like a, you can get a Glock trigger down to a light trigger pull, but you'll never get it to the shortness of a 1911 and the short reset of a 1911. No, the overtravel and the pre-travel can be tweaked, but not like a 1911 can be tweaked. No question. There's a screw in the in the trigger of a 1911 that prevents too much over-travel, so it goes, it travels just enough to break the sear and the hammer, and then it stops so you don't travel any further than you need to. And then there's tabs on the front of the trigger bar that kind of preset the trigger or, or, or shorten the trigger travel by sliding the whole bar back. And um, so that's your pre-travel adjustment. You go too far, and then as soon as you touch the trigger, it goes off. So you gotta you got to be very careful. At what point would you need a gunsmith to uh, to accurize the project? Part of that has to do with um, tools. For example, I want to tighten up the f- slide-to-frame fit on my Norinco 1911. I need to go to my gunsmith because I don't have the tools to do that. There are special 1911 tuning and accurizing tools that are manufactured for gunsmith for this purpose. So depending on what you want done in the accurizing department, you may need to go to a gunsmith just because he has the tools. So Denis has ordered a set of rail tuning, a rail tuning kit comes with a, uh, yeah. a, a kind of a micrometer gauge where you measure the thickness of the rail on the slide. And then you have a die, which is just a piece of rectangular bar stock that fits into the rail on the frame. And when you measure the rail on the slide, you take the appropriate die out of the kit and put it into the frame and then tap all four corners with a hammer and that is going to tighten up the the fit. You can do that yourself if you have the tools. Also, we need to have dovetails cut. Well, we can't do that. The gunsmith has the tools for that, so he's doing that. Could you do this by starting with a less bare frame or an STI frame? You could, um, but depending on what parts need to be fitted, you may not have the tools or the expertise to do it. You could have the gunsmith help you with those things. I mean, what are what's Adriel and I doing? We're starting with basically a Norinco uh, slide and frame. When I figured it out, Adriel, when my build is done, the only parts on the gun that will be Norinco will be the barrel, slide, and frame. Everything else is switched over for STI and EGW. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and 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 we got a whole we got, I got my whole gun for three hundred dollars shipped. Adriel's gun was like three fifty plus tax and shipping, um, and the Narinko finish is rough, but you can finish them. You can get rid of all those tool marks. You can do all that yourself. But the Narinkos, as long as the tolerances aren't out of whack, the steel is incredibly hard. So you should be starting with it with a good base. You get rid of all the cruddy parts inside, polish away all the tool marks uh, to smoothen them up. And, you know, we're, we're going to do this. We're going to report back, and then people can decide for themselves if it's worth building off of an Orenko. But basically, the only thing I'm going to keep on that gun is a slide, barrel, and frame. Yeah. So, I mean, check out that uh, episode. But, uh, yeah, stay tuned, and we'll uh, report back our, what is it, turning a, a sow's ear into a purse? Something like that. Lipstick on a pig. That project. Yeah, lipstick on a pig. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, If you have nothing else, Adriel, to add, would you like to take the one from Chris, please? Sure. Hey, Slamfire. Really enjoyed the three-person shows lately. 
Not sure if Matt is in the same pasture as Owen, and you just haven't told us yet. But in he the meantime, not. it's been no. <laughs> no. Uh, it's been great hearing Kelly participate more in the show. I've been picking the bones of the Grand Prairie Wholesale since I am working out here this month. After hearing Adriel talk about the A5, I decided to replace my six-year-old Hatsan Escort with the $1,400 discounted A5 Stalker. The auto load fe- That's a, a really good price, by the way. Um, the auto load feature requires a strong leap of faith for a cheap shotgun owner. If you don't push your thumb into the tube and pull it out quickly, it just hangs up on the lifter. Anyone used to grabby lifters will have a strong aversion to that action with the thoughts of trapped thumbs and pinched knuckles. So far, mine hasn't done that, but it feels crazy unsafe when I load it. Um, now, uh, Chris, what I did to mine is I just welded that fork a little bit just to uh, kind of make a, a smoother surface on the bottom so it doesn't snag my fingers at all. It still will hang up on the shell if you don't pull your hand out fast enough and let the lifter drop. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I, I guess I've gotten used to mine because it doesn't do that for me anymore. I'm curious if Adriel has looked at the 26-inch barrel or an aftermarket option to be cut down to 20-inch for 3-gun. The Stoger was too thin for this, but the Browning seems much beefier. Um, yeah, I agree. I don't really mind the 28, so I just have gotten lazy. I might, uh, I'll probably just leave it just because I, I don't really care. Guess what's uh, on CGN right now? What's that? And what I, I consider a unicorn, a Versamax Tactical mm-hmm. in three and a half. Ooh, that is a unicorn. It's only hmm. the second one I've ever heard of being out there in the wild. Yeah, that's uh, that's a Canadian special because that'll give you that extra shell there. And it comes with the shorter barrel. Mm-hmm. And the competition lifter, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's a lot closer to being ready for three-gun. Yeah, 22-inch uh, barrel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Chris continues. I also picked up a new Savage 8. 8- 22 because at the $200 sale price it's practically being given away Uh, there's a Butler Creek extended mag for this rifle and I was hoping it can replace my Gopher Hunter 1022 so I can go out with 4 mags in the truck instead of 10 Uh, I have not opened the box yet and if Adriel wants to review it uh, I can arrange to leave it with him for December when I head past Edmonton on my way home at the end of the month Anyways, love the show and have a great holidays, everyone. Yeah, Chris, I'd love to uh, try your A22. So if you're dropping through Edmonton, uh, yeah, send us an email to the show. Awesome. All right. I guess I'll take the last one and then we'll wrap this thing up. From Daryl. Guten Tag. Long listener. Long time listener. First time (laughs) caller. Oh, this is (laughs) Daryl. Now we know who gave me the stuff. Um, So I guess we will say his name on the show. I heard on the Remembrance Day episode that Trevor is looking for a Savage Marked Number 4 bayonet. Someone send me his mailing address, and I'll get her sent out east as fast as a Millsterp-loving Mennonite can do. Thanks for all the many, many hours of boredom you have helped me alleviate while I work on the farm, even though I scream into the wind at all the elementary mistakes you cats make while discussing Millsurps. At least I'm getting what I paid for. Keep up the entertaining show and all the other great work y'all do. Prost, Daryl. Prost. 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 Good dog, Prost. Oh, those. I gotcha. Yeah. We could. Cool. Anyways, never mind. 
And then he goes on to say if we have any um, questions regarding Milserp arms history, more specifically relating to anything German, Russian, or Czech, but also many others, and your Eastern Central guru uh, cannot help, fire me an email. That's awesome. Thank you very cool. much, Daryl. Um, as I said earlier in what I did this week in guns, best package I've ever received from a listener. Just amazing. Thank you very much. And I was given a sub in the mail. So that's just a sub. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, one of the boys that, uh, you shoot with, or I did a class with, I want to, was it Chad gross? Oh, no. that makes sense. Yeah. Or it was the Chad. guy who's, no, it's Chad. Was it Chad that sent me the Savage Marked magazine? Because I thought it came with that magazine. Yep, I think so. Uh, the magazine? No, that would have been. Uh, oh yeah, that was crazy. your research buddy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, who was it? I don't know, but I was sick for days. <laughs> so, if you would like to write the show, you can do so by sending an email to slamfireradio at gmail dot com. We got to review. The bean pod? What is it? Is it a bean pod or a, which which one was this? Bean pod. It is a bean pod. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, the author is DDWR. Nope. Title, great podcast. Review, your podcasts are great and Slamfire Radio is a big part of what of what convincing me to get even more involved. I recently started working at a new company in BC and yesterday on what I would like to think was my was my recommendation they became a business member of the ccfr awesome keep up the great work thanks again that's cool he got them to become a business member yeah that is cool so that was the itunes the bean pod one is above it just oh the one in the funny font there yeah okay that was itunes gotcha (laughs) all right why don't you take that one then please go Awesome show. Love the host and how they interact. Listening is always a pleasure at home or on the road, but mostly at the reloading bench. Keep up the great work, but we have no idea who it's from. So thank you for posting on Bean uh, Pod, but, you know, let us know who you are. Mr. Anonymous. <laughs> Mr. Anonymous, yeah. So oh, well. Please um, continue to leave five-star reviews and ratings, or five-star ratings and reviews on any of the um, podcast apps that you use because it uh, helps get the show noticed. We've got 100, 100, oh, I almost did it. We have 100 five-star reviews so far on iTunes alone. 125 of them are from Canada, 32 from the United States. Happy Thanksgiving, by the way, to our American listeners. One Australian, one UK, one Lithuanian, one Belgium. Send us chocolate. Thank you very much to those of you who have left a review. Shout outs. I have one to Lorette for the 92FS Springs. Tommy for helping walk me through some of the finer points of the install. And Casey for the STI parts. And all the people that have come together to see fit to hook me up with an SLR prototype. I just felt the need to remind everyone one more time. Anyone else have any shout outs? Nope. Adriel? Nope. All right then. We have a new Patreon. No, we don't, because there's no Patreon <laughs> named Nada. <laughs> I looked at that be. a little too quickly. <laughs> to all the Patreonies that we currently have, there's a pile of you, and thank you so much. You were helping support the show and helping to get Adriel out to the charity shoot this year. Please join one or 
more of our national firearms associations, such as the CCFR or the CSSA. It's important to support those who support us. And then get yourself out shoosting. Do a little Ipsic shoosting. Take a maple seed. Beat a score of 243. I dare you. Shoot a three-gun match. Shoot a local club match. Bust some sport and clays. Go out hunting or armed hiking, as Matthew likes to call it. Try some F-class. Try some precision. If you haven't checked out the interview from last week, you might want to do that. PRS. PRS, yeah. That was it. I actually didn't listen to the interview. And then... <laughs> it was excellent. It was. Definitely try out PRS. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll try again. Uh, maybe. Uh, <laughs> Check us out on Gun Owners of Canada. We got a little form over there. And... Um, be sure to like us on Facebook. We're at 1,799 as of today. That's a lot of likes, just saying. So until next week, everybody, have a great weekend. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your turkey. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over Time to get a gun. Adriel, can I interrupt you for a second? Mm-hmm. Okay, hold on one second here. Uh, what is he doing? Shh. Okay. <laughs> Hello. There we go. <laughs> I just wanted to get one more in. Thanks. Carry on, Adriel. <laughs>